Hi, this is Freeman Rabowski, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and you are listening to episode, I can't believe I'm about to say this, 100. That's right, folks. We have hit triple digits, and I had to bring someone special on for this for this episode, someone who was special to me, a mentor. And so since 1992, Dr. Freeman Rabowski has been the president of my university, UMBC, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. He is a consultant on science and math education to national agencies, universities, and school systems. He was named one of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine in 2012. With philanthropist Robert Meyerhoff, he co-founded my program, the Meyerhoff Scholars Program, in 1988, which is open to all high-achieving students committed to pursuing advanced degrees and research careers in science and engineering, and advancing underrepresented minorities in these fields. He is a much sought-after speaker, a busy man, a mentor and friend, and I am blessed to have him as a guest for the 100th episode Thank you, Doc, for coming on the show. I'm delighted, Amy. And let me say publicly, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> now, Doc, you, you are famous for wanting to begin your talks mm -hmm. with a poem. Yes. And so I thought we'd start this episode with uh -huh. a poem from 1998 that mm -hmm. you or, and uh, Mr. Tolliver, uh -huh. memory uh, eternal, yes. uh, shared during Summer Bridge. Okay. It's called God's Minute mm -hmm. by Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays. Yes. I have just a minute. Only 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it. Didn't seek it, didn't choose it. But it's up to me to use it. I must suffer if I lose it, give an account if I abuse it. Just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. You know, those words stuck with me. Wow. wow. All these years. Wow, that's so powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah. And, yes. you know, one of the things about this podcast is mm -hmm. that we're trying to encourage, motivate people mm -hmm. who have a dream but don't believe they can pursue it yes or just motivate them and empower them yes to do it yes. and one of the things you've done at umbc in fact and as a model for here that has kind of taken over mm -hmm. the u.s mm -hmm. is you encourage high excellence mm -hmm. right you actually had a talk a ted talk too yes ted talks mm -hmm. in fact and at one of them you had a quote mm -hmm. and it was ted mid-atlantic in october 2012 mm -hmm. dc mm -hmm. and you said choice Yes. Not chance yes. determines your destiny. Yes. What will you choose? Mm -hmm. Dreams and values. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What was it about that quote? Why is that so powerful? You know, it's amazing. One can go to leaders from Morehouse College when Lamont quoted Benjamin Mays, mm -hmm. and one can go to Greek philosophers and talk about choice and chance. The, the idea is this. Whether we are talking about times thousands of years ago and what choice means, or today, each person makes decisions every day that will have a, a dramatic impact 
on their lives, on the path they take. Mm -hmm. and, and what we want to do as educators broadly, it seems to me, is to help people know they do have choices and they have chances to think about what they might do. And you, you said something earlier that's really important. Every child, every young person, every person needs to develop a, a strong sense of self mm -hmm. to believe I can do this. Even if you're not sure what you want to do, that whatever I do, I will give it all I have. And the word we use at UMBC is I will use grit. Grit is the word that we, we have to teach children. It's not about who's smart or who's not smart. We don't even know what that means. Uh, what counts is an understanding of hard work, of passion for whatever it is, of never giving up, of resilience. You know? And so to me, as I think about choice versus chance determining destiny, the question every person has to ask is, do I want to be excellent? Whatever I'm doing, whether it's in the arts or in the sciences, mm -hmm. and if I want to be excellent, how do I go about doing it? And a part of that answer has to be, I have to have passion for anything that I want to excel in. It's very important. And you are an example of passion. Let's let's talk about that for a moment, because sure. at a young age, yeah. you had a passion for math. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I, I've always gotten goosebumps doing math. I admit it. I admit it. <laughs> Self-professed nerd, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I am always, and I've always felt that everybody can do math. We have a way of thinking in our country that math is for some people, not mm -hmm. for others. We are enlightened enough to know reading is for everyone. Okay, even though we need to teach people to read more critically than they do, we know reading is important. I would argue that having a sense of mathematics, not because you want to have a strong background in theoretical math, but there, there are certain principles involving problem solving that can help everybody. And it's about attitude. Do we as teachers, as families, as students, as people believe that every person can master basic mathematical concepts that can be helpful in life, mm -hmm. quite frankly. And so my passion has been not just for the math, but it's for this notion that attitude and the perseverance and the grit and the belief in young people, those things will make the difference. And you actually said something of the sort, mm -hmm. of the same kind of thing in your TED Talk. And so I- yes. You guys should follow Doc. You can find it on YouTube, and uh, UMBC has a page for his some speeches that he's done previously. Right. And in your TED Talk, you talk about four pillars. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. yes I paid attention. Yes. I'm impressed. I, I paid attention. You've always paid attention, Amy. <laughs> You've always been just as impressive. Well, you know, and, and but I think it's because it the things you talk about relate not just in sciences. No, no. no right? No. But also in art, in yeah. life, in general, yes. whatever you're doing. Sure, right? sure. In, the, in that talk, you talked yes. about high expectations, mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. life is not about test scores only. Right, right. Right? Community. Right. Yep. And yep. how people need to get involved with one another. Yes. In that particular yes. example, is faculty and sure, students, but- Sure, in general. Taking... And it takes researchers to produce researchers. And if you're talking about an artist, it's amazing how one artist can influence a younger person mm -hmm. and pull them into that work. Almost mentorship. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. And that's true across disciplines. And what we work to do at UMBC is to think about what, what, what do we mean when we say high expectations? Well, we mean that students who want to become- uh, an artist or want to become a doctor or a scientist, will be able to do it. One of the problems that we have in our country is that we call the first year of STEM work weed out courses. Yep. 
and there's mm-hmm. a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's what that TED Talk is about. It's about the fact that we need to change the culture to stop thinking most people will not succeed. But we need to do that not just in science, but in general. The fact is that half of Americans who begin college never get degrees. That's for two year and four year. Mm-hmm. And much higher for some groups than others. But in general, you have millions of people who began in, in institutions and never completed a degree. And that means they can't get jobs that can help them. And so what I'm thinking about is how do we change attitudes in our country to believe that when a student goes off to college, all of us have a responsibility to help that student to succeed right? You know, and to become well-educated, not just to have a degree, but to be a broad thinker. I think right now in our country and in the world, we need good thinkers who know the meaning of the word citizen, mm-hmm. that leadership is about more than one person, that it's about all of us. You know, I have been quoting... John Kennedy, who spoke before you were born, and when I was 12, so, and he said something that to my generation became a mantra, and it was, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I think we have to bring that back. I think so. You know, as we think about helping poor children, as we think about everybody voting, as we think about teaching people to think critically, Mm -hmm. especially as we think about how to help all of us find the common ground among, among us, as opposed to simply trying to win the argument, learning how to hear the other perspective. And that is one thing I think, um, I tend to have, uh, philosophies for Mm -hmm. the year. And that's one of them this year is change your perspective. Yes. You know, and in one moment or it happened several times during mm-hmm. my tenure at college. But mm-hmm. one time, you were speaking with us Meyerhoffs mm-hmm. in the room. You guys mm-hmm. get a behind the scenes, right, Mo? Mm-hmm. And you were talking to us about grades, mm-hmm. you know, and how some people had not done and got an ace. Yes, yes. And you said, the question isn't whether or not you got the A or not. You right. got the C. But yeah. did you try your hardest? That's right. That's exactly right. And that's the best thing you could have remembered is, yeah. is when you give it all you have. Yeah. When you give it all you have. That great means a lot. Mm-hmm. You have learned a lot. And we sometimes learn more when we don't do as well as when we simply easily get an A. And I, I think that's very powerful yeah. because I think we're so um, caught up in grades, yes. numbers, values, sure, sure, placements sure, 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 sure. that we lose the fact. And it's almost like if you're chasing a dream, you lose yeah. the fact the journey. Yes. It's yes. what you learn from that. Yes. That you're picking up. Yes. And I think... A lot of people that I've talked to recently, mm-hmm. and we did a survey to mm-hmm. kind of just kind of get a sense of things, yes. people aren't having those high expectations. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. do you think there's a way to fix that? How do you change mindset and perspective? Right. You know, I think what you're doing right now is a major part of the answer. We need substantive conversations that are more than a sound bite. Mm-hmm. When we reflect on the big issues of the day, when we ask the hard questions, and when we think about how we've gotten to this point as a society, but as individuals, I would say, I want my students at UMBC to learn how to learn, how to think, how to excel, but also how to fail. Right, which sounds counterintuitive, but we all will have times when we get knocked down. The question is not if, but when the tragedy comes or when the problem comes, what do we do? Because we learn more sometimes in those situations than when things move along easily. And that there's the challenge in education about high expectations is to help people understand it's not the worst thing to fail. And Benjamin May said that it's having low aim. Yeah. It's not striving to be better than you thought possible. Reach for the stars. Yes, exactly right. Yes. And, and I think 
that's one thing that people shortchange themselves. Yes. You know, yes. even in school, I got to see. Well, you got to see, okay? Right. But yes. could you have gotten the A? Right. Did, right. Was there something that you did that could have gotten there? Or was that at your best? Yeah. And I would say this, even when people get C's, and we do this not just for one program, but across the campus, we are saying, okay, let's see what concepts did you not grasp? Mm. Because even when you get a grade, you're talking about what you know on that day of that exam. That doesn't say you can't still continue to learn the concepts to have mastery level work. Right. Right. And we have to we have to get away from thinking just about the grades. That's and the test score. It. And, the, and the test score. No, it's much more than that. Yeah. And so even in some cases, in some classes here at UMBC now, when students have not done as well, for example, they'll get a C and they need a B to move ahead. Mm -hmm. We are now experimenting with ways of pinpointing what they didn't understand giving them a one-credit supplemental course to go over what was difficult to understand, letting them master those skills, and then giving them another exam so they don't have to retake an entire course. So the idea of innovation in education that focuses more on grasping concepts, developing skills, teaching a way of thinking, habits of the mind, mm -hmm. should be much more important than rid the rigidity of grades and timelines. But what you're talking about is going against tradition. Yes, yes. And that's yes. the interesting thing is yes. what you're doing is innovative yes. in the sense that you're questioning what has been in place and institutionalized yes. for years. Across the American higher education system and other places. I mm -hmm. mean, I would say that even since you left, we have put even more attention on innovation in mm -hmm. teaching and learning. So we've redesigned many courses to have more hybrid courses, not just in STEM areas, but in the humanities. I think the arts have always been much more creative in their approach to the yeah. work in art and the hands-on experiences, the intellectual part too. But uh, we in the STEM areas and in some other areas have not necessarily been as creative in the teaching and learning. Well, we have these competitions every year where faculty have a chance to propose mm -hmm. redesigning courses to focus more on the use of technology, building collaboration and community among the students, use of Blackboard, for example, in the assessment, mm -hmm. and most important, not giving them the theories, but helping them to struggle with it, to become comfortable in struggling with the problems, with the story, whether it's in chemistry or in engineering mathematics or in a writing course to get away from a lecture, but rather teaching students how to critique each other's writing right. while giving a teacher, a professor, a chance to work with each individual to improve as others are working with themselves, you see. And that's a wonderful concept. Mm -hmm. I mean, community, I think, what do they say? Surround yourself mm -hmm. by the five people. Yeah. yeah right? That yeah. you want. Is there something about that? Yes. When you surround yourself, I mean, research happens that yeah. way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so Success. It does. And, you know, the problem is that in high schools around the country, mm -hmm. children are taught if you work with somebody else, you're cheating. Or if you need tutoring, you're not that good. Or one is carrying the weight. And one is carrying the weight, right? And you see that in a lot of higher education settings, that there is not the encouragement for students to work together. What we work to do at UMBC, it more and more across disciplines, is to build the culture that highlights the value of collaboration. Each person must be the best he or she can be, but that person can be much better if the person is learning how to explain concepts with clarity how to listen to other points of view, how to have substantive debates in which people are taking the time to hear the other's points of view, for example, and most important, how to dream about the possibilities. I mean, I think that 
the dreaming about possibilities. I, as as my fellow UMBC folks know, mm. am notorious for having changed my degree uh-huh. several times. Uh-huh. <laughs> and one of the reasons is I came in as chemical engineering mm. and a computer science minor. Yes. But it wasn't until I took that first computer science course over the yes. summer that I realized I loved it. Yes. That yes. I fell in love with yes. it and realized. Yes. And it was the exposure yes. to that that helped me realize where my dream was headed. Sure. You know, sure. what I love. Sure. sure. And I don't think pe- people are kind of pigeonholed right. before they come in. As you yes. said, that first year is kind of yeah. the weed out. But it's also from community support or standpoint that you kind of go in knowing what you want. But do you really know? Right. Give yourself time to, to be open-minded and to see not only what fascinates you but where you have your greatest strengths mm-hmm. you see computer science you mentioned i know that you went on to do computer science and then law what's interesting is that um there's been a 50 percent decline in the percentage of women majoring in computer science since the 80s we'd gotten up to 36 percent in the 80s mm-hmm. we would think that by today we'd be at about 50 yeah. percent in, in contrast we're down below 20 percent and, and so looking at some of the challenges in our society and looking at the needs, the, the millions of jobs that are technology related, I would say two things should be going on, that pe- we bring people in, we give them a chance to try different courses, but we also give them a, an opportunity to know uh, what's possible in different disciplines. Yeah. We want people to follow their passion, but, but I also want students to be thinking about how they might use what they're learning in different types of careers and with different approaches and to have internship and research experiences so they are shaping their vision for themselves sure. as time goes on. Understand that they're going to change careers several times, mm-hmm. but having a sense that all things are possible if they get the knowledge, if they get the skills, if they listen to the stories of other people. I think that's one of the most important things we're working to do here. I want my students to hear the stories of our graduates and others to see the kinds of paths that are really linear. It's not about going from one logical thing necessarily to mm-hmm. the next. It is about circumstances in life or about some things that excite you about one field or sure. another or having one job and finding yourself bored and saying, I want to do something else, right? And so helping students, whether they're undergrad or grad, think about the big picture questions while they're going through programs, can make them much better prepared for life after the university. And it's that exposure, I think, that that helps people. Um, Dr. Kyla McMullen, yeah, another yes, Meyerhoff, yes. who was also the first woman black PhD yes. from Michigan. In computer science. In computer That's science. exactly right. And she's doing amazing things, yes. giving keynotes now, and people are seeing that. But she also spoke to the low numbers yes. in computer science. Yes. And so knowing... At one point, there was no one there yes. at Michigan yes. who was able to do it, but she stepped up. Sure. Well, filled her passion. Yes. Became yes. the first. Yeah. Because I think there's the other thing of nobody else has done it, therefore, you know, that's just not the path yes. to take. Yes. And I I love the fact that Kyla has actually gotten these websites now mm-hmm. for men and for women talking about great examples of people who are scientists, who are PhDs, yeah. and giving young people models, role models. And- because That's they the exact need that. thing. Yeah. They need to see people mm-hmm. who can do this work and still be regular people. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that actually goes to the last pillar that you talked mm-hmm. about, which was mentorship. Yes. Yes. You know, giving yes. back the way and kind yes. of just being an example or also just even being 
there as a mentor for someone else yes. and guiding them to those exposures and yes. things that people have. And you know, I would say two things. I and I like the word mentoring, and I'm going to take it to another level because I've I've always talked about mentoring. And in more recent years, as I've seen students completing PhDs and they've had good mentors, what I've seen is that students who are most advantaged are mm -hmm. those. And where the person, someone becomes not just a mentor, but mm -hmm. a champion yes. or an advocate. Yes. That's whether you're uh, in a company mm -hmm. or at a university or, or at an agency. People who are older can help knock down doors and open doors and then give you the mentoring as you go through them. Because it, it is a combination of developing the sense of self in the person, but it's also... Those of us who are advantaged to have some connections, using those connections to get people, especially from underrepresented groups, opportunities to shine, to yes. show what they can do. Because the challenge we face in humankind is that we all tend to want to support people like ourselves. Yes. What we've worked to do at UMBC is to say, we need to understand humankind. We have kids on this campus from over 100 countries. We talk about international and domestic diversity. And, and the whole point is that for people from all kinds of backgrounds yeah. should be getting to know people from all types of backgrounds and willing to help people from all types of backgrounds. We're all one. Yes, exactly. Not just people who are specifically like ourselves. And unfortunately, power begets power, and power tends to look for power like itself. Sure. And so part of the challenge in our country and perhaps other places is just that, how to have champions from all backgrounds, who've reached a level of authority, of power, of expertise, who say, I'm going to mentor a number of people, and mm -hmm. once they get to a certain level, I'll, I'll still be their mentor, but I'm going to do even more than that. I will be their champion. I will ask that committee or university why this person didn't get an interview for a job, or this company, is there room for this person to be promoted in this company? You mm -hmm. know? And the other side of that, though, is also taking that opportunity, yes, yes. picking that up. and yes. Not yes. letting pride or oh, fear. Oh, very good. Yeah. Right? Because th there are two things yeah. that usually No, it's, a, it's an excellent point. It, you, you're absolutely right. We have to teach people that everyone needs somebody else. Okay? And it's not about, it shouldn't be about ego. Mm -hmm. We must teach people to have a sense of self, to be strong enough to believe, I can do this, but I need help. I'm willing to ask for help. And as you may recall my saying, and I'm willing to have thick skin so that when people give me constructive criticism, I will listen and think about it and take from it that which can be very helpful to me. Uh, it should not be a matter of just assuming somebody's going to tell you you're always great. If your writing is not where it should be, um, if you're not writing as well, right. or if you don't speak as well, How or you if, you're not, if, yeah, if you're not interacting well... If you need to learn to smile or to be a little more assertive you know, or to project more, I mean, all of those types of suggestions really speak to somebody caring enough mm -hmm. to tell you the truth. It's it's fighting the instinct yes, to, to yes. be offended. That's right. That's exactly right. It's a, And it's right. a powerful point. It's a very... But I, it's also why I say, and I, my colleagues and I talk about this, we have to build trust between educators and students mm -hmm or older and younger people so that everyone understands when you get this zinger, when somebody says something that seems a little offensive, person is not doing it to hurt you. They are working to give you support because they may be saying it to your face. That committee or that review group right. said it and you weren't even in the room. 
Yeah. Right? In fact, be thankful. Yeah, that somebody said it. So you can take, because the best defense is an offense. If you know this is a challenge or that perhaps you need to strengthen your writing skills or you've not been as detailed in your analysis or whatever the point, you can work to improve. Because here's what I always say. Each of us should know areas where we can improve. Sure. I mean, there's a, a, a level of naivete in thinking I've arrived. We never arrive. The moment we think we've arrived is when we start going backwards the other way. Because what do you do when you arrive? That's exactly right. You get stagnated. You get satisfied. No time. What fascinates me about my students here and this university is we are hungry. We always know. I don't care how good others say we are. We know we can be better mm -hmm. in so many ways, whether it's about using analytics to make sure our students are doing well or about inspiring them to dream at higher levels than they ever imagined or connecting with major institutions that can work with us to give opportunities to students. There must be that hunger to go to the next level. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's for... Everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we speak about STEM. We speak about arts and sciences. Yes. Anyone who's where they are currently. Yes. You know. Yes. If you're trying to pursue something, these are things you can be doing. Yeah. You know, and I, I am saying to our students that I want to make sure they're broadly educated. We want them to be grounded in the arts and humanities. I want all students to get some level of comfort with technology. Believe it or not, I can name numbers of alumni of UMBC who majored in the humanities, took a few technology courses, and now they're chief information officers. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons is that they know how to talk to all kinds of people. Your advantage as a computer science background is you could always talk to people. Sometimes people, when they get so rooted in the technology, they lose touch with people who are not. And they can be intimidating. Yes. And we need people with the emotional intelligence and the communication skills to break it down and make the technological significance clear to people who are not in those areas. And so we need many more people developing some level of comfort in technology, just as we want to make sure students are thinking about ethical considerations, strong communication skills, the ability to think critically. And so it's not one area or the other. When people hear me saying, I love math, I should say, I, my mother was an English teacher. I love literature. Right now, I'm studying French, another language, because I want to enjoy French culture, and not only in Europe, but in Africa. We need to be broad and always learning something new. And it doesn't matter what the topic is. Yes. If you have an interest, yes. Yes. pursue it. Yeah, we should be students always. always. And I think that's the interesting uh, thing with technology, where we are today yes, versus yes. where we are uh, in 1990s. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. The, the things that are at our fingertips, yeah. the ability. Yeah. It's almost like there is no excuse right. for uh, not pursuing what you you're interested just in. Open your mind and take advantage of some training. You know, we're very proud that we're the national cybersecurity uh, competition winners this year, number one in the country. Congratulations. All right. It was a really big deal. We went to Texas. Uh, we were competing against the West Coast and everybody else. And this is what I would say about that. You got a lot of great critical thinkers. Uh, we're taking advantage of this Baltimore-Washington Carter that has so much in technology with mm -hmm. it. But we're also working to get people from all kinds of backgrounds involved in the work. And so whether we're talking about things like data science or cybersecurity, or you're talking about ways in which the digital humanities are becoming hot. We're doing so much right now on campus in digital and media studies. Well, I think that's what UMBC is doing overall, yeah. right? Everyone is so... Focus. It's like Hollywood. Everyone's like, I, I'm not going to make it to Hollywood. I'm not going to make it to Harvard, right, Yale, right, right. you know, any of the big schools sure, that you hear sure. all the time on sure. TV and news, right? Sure. But UMBC is is the underdog that's making it happen, has become number one sure, 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 in sure, a sure. number of areas. Yeah. And I think in life, people forget you don't have to be 
in Hollywood. You don't right. have to be yes. number one. Yes. You can make your own story. Yes, I think. And, and one of the reasons we're considered one of the most academically innovative places mm -hmm. is that we are developing our own model of inclusive excellence. Now, interestingly enough, we've got large numbers of students who go on to the Ivies from Harvard to Yale to Stanford, out to Stanford, in a number of disciplines. And yet, what I would say is this. It's great to see that our students can compete anywhere that they go, number one. But number two, and this is really important, uh, the message of UMBC is this. You don't have to be rich to be the very best. Yes. As a student or as an institution. Mm -hmm. There's something about passion and that grit that will trump everything else. Now, Doc, one of the things I do before we wrap up mm -hmm. is I ask people, what is one thing someone who has a dream can do today, one yes, action yes. that they can do yes. that you would recommend? Oh, I love it. The first thing is to ask the question of oneself, what am I learning that's new or different? You heard me say, I'm over 60, and when I told my students I was going to learn French, uh, they said, don't you think you're too old? <laughs> and I said, bring it on. I'm studying every day. You can, you can do this, right? So learning something new all the time, whether it's uh, playing the piano or learning a language or learning a different part of technology, whatever. That's number one. Number two, take the time to identify people you admire and get to know their stories. Hmm. Stories inspire. They enlighten and they inspire. And we need to hear the stories. That's awesome. Okay. Guys, keep in mind what he's saying. Now, I'm going to bring it back yes. to how you close out all of our meetings. Oh, and yes. I feel that's the only way appropriate to yes. close out this podcast, if you would. I would be delighted to do so Please. all of my life. It's the Langston Hughes poem, Hold Fast to Dreams. For if dreams die... Life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, for when dreams go, life is a barren field, frozen with snow. Focus, okay. focus, focus. Thank you, Amy. And guys, that was Dr. Freeman Rabowski, who I am, I'm beyond words. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Doc, for coming on the show I am so blessed that you were able to come on for episode 100. Guys, you will not find a bigger champion and supporter of UMBC, its faculty, staff, and students than Doc. True story. You, you won't find it. I dare you to try and find someone. They will come just up to Doc, but he'll inch out just a little bit, okay? So I hope you paid attention to everything Doc was saying. Very important points he was making, applicable to all degrees, arts, sciences, non-degrees. It's a Those were life lessons, okay? Life lessons that you can apply when you chase your dream. And that's what I hope you got out of this. Now, if you missed it, you could always re-listen to the episode because we always love doing that. Or you can check the show notes page over at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 100. That's episode 100. I have to thank... Teresa, Candice, and Dawn from Doc's office for helping and coordinating and, and trying to get me in to Doc's very, very, very busy schedule. Uh, thank you, ladies, for all your help. Thank you to Leah Matthews, my cousin and angel, for coming and helping me at the last minute during a probably a very busy and free summer day that you could have had to yourself and just helping me to set up, take down, take pictures. You gave me peace and you kept me calm. So kudos to you, Leah. Thank you so much. Wow. We are at 100 episodes. Yeah, that's right. I'm taking time to talk about this. We are at 
100 episodes. Oh, my goodness. I'm like mind blown about this. Uh, first of all, I have to thank Daryl Darnell, Carrie Green, Christy Hostler for everything you guys have done before, currently, and probably will in the future for this show. You guys have helped behind the scenes in the show notes and editing of the audio, and I am grateful, and you make us sound good. So, I mean, it's true. You make the show sound good, so thank you for that. I'm not sure where I would be without you, so I am appreciative. I'm appreciative of my guests. I'm not going to name 100 people. That's just, there's a lot. If you go to chasingdreamshq.com slash iTunes, you can find all the episodes. I thank each and every one of them. Okay, so these are regular people who have taken the time, mind you, about 30 minutes to an hour of their life to share their story. And I am grateful for that because your story has helped motivate and inspire hundreds, thousands of people, you know, over time. I'm a small show, but over time. And I think that's inspirational. So kudos to each and every one of my guests. Thank you so much. Hopefully you guys will come back on the show so that we can catch up and see where your story has gone now and where you are today after, you know, some of you guys has been two years since we've talked. So we're going to bring some people back. That's, I think, going to be exciting to see where they are in their dream chase now. I also have to thank you, the listener. You, sir, ma'am, child, person, Mr. and Miss Mim, you, my friend, thank you. You make doing these episodes worth it. The fact that you've downloaded it, listened to it, shared it. You may even have listed a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you for that. And, you know, I'm doing this to help you. So if I even help one of you, it's worth it. You know, it is. This isn't something that's easy. It takes time to record the episode. It takes time to put the episode artwork together on top of everything else. And, you know, we're trying. And when I say we, I don't know why I keep saying, like, talking in a collective sense, I'm trying. So I'm glad it's helped you and that you've listened to it. But you know, you know how you, if, if it has been a benefit or a blessing to you, share it, share the episode, share the show, leave a rating and review. And you know, just keep listening even. That's probably the simplest thing you can do. If, it's, if you so choose, if it behooves you, if you will, do that. I would appreciate it. I'm going to keep making these because you know, if I had just helped one person, that's really all I'm doing. But thanks to you guys, not only we're at 100 episodes, but we have 30,000 downloads. We have crossed 30,000 downloads, and that is mind-boggling to me. You know, when I started this, I didn't think we would get to 10,000 or 1,000. And here we are, almost two years later, and we've crossed 30,000 downloads. That's phenomenal, okay? And that wouldn't be, have been possible without you. Thanks to my family, thanks to my brother, my sisters, for all that they do, especially Jamie, Jay, who uh, does the sh- social media for me. She helps, and that's very much appreciated. And guys, if you have a inkling or want to help with, say, social media or website or anything, you know, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on social media or on the email at amyj21. That's pretty much the best way to reach me. And, you know, we'll see what happens. So you might be thinking 100 episodes. What does that mean now? 100 episodes she's done. She's going to keep on doing it. Well, 
really not. I mean, what we're going to do is slowly you were going to see a change in brand slowly over the next few months because I do have a day job. I do have family life. Slowly you're going to see that. So um, I work on it in my free time. Um, a new brand kind of aligned with my own personal brand. And so that's coming up. We're going to also see, hopefully, my goal is to try to do more live interviews, kind of go to the person in Dream Chaser themselves and kind of talk to them and see if we can do something there. That's harder, though, but I'm going to see if I can make that happen. And, you know, we're just going to keep having fun. You know, if there's something you want to see, let me know. If there's a person you want to hear their story or uh, someone you think that should be featured on Chasing Dreams, let me know. You know, a lot of the people we've had on the show previously are recommendations, and I love doing that. So I would love to hear who you think should be on the show. Check them out if the fit is right. Let's get them on. Let's share that story. We'd love to do that. And I guess the last piece of exciting news to share is, you know, I'm still chasing my dreams, and hopefully you guys are as well, right? Because choice, not chance, as Doc said. January 2018, I'm putting it out there. January 2018, I will be releasing my first book. Yeah, I know. That was shock. That was something. Not sure. But, you know, I am going to be releasing my first book and I am excited for it. So to learn more about the book that is coming out in January 2018, which is about less than six months from now, oh, actually six months from now, it, which is July 2017 now, go ahead, sign up for the mailing list page that I have at amyj21.com slash book. And there you can sign up to get updates on, you know, sneak peeks, behind the scenes, the process of writing a book and publishing it yourself. That's all going to be fun. And I've never done it before. So it's going to be an educational moment. But I wanted to share that with you on this special episode. That's right. January 2018, Amy is dropping her first book. And I do have a title. I'm not sharing it right now because, you know, then what would I say on the second anniversary of Chasing Dreams? So tune in in September for that. And if you're on the mailing list, I may even tell you a little bit earlier. So there's incentive if you need that. Not to say you do if you want it. So I think I've taken enough of your time. I feel that the Oscar music is playing and, you know, they're about to kick me off the stage. So let me close up with check out Chasing Dreams. We are at ChasingDreamsHQ.com. That's where we are. That's our home. I hope that you are inspired, motivated, and empowered to chase your own dreams like I'm chasing mine. And I hope that one day I too can feature you and your story on the show in the next hundred episodes. Okay? So till next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.